The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdell. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this edition of the DI Guys podcast. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Coggle. Mike, what's going on in Denver today? Chris, happiest guy in the world. Finally got to take a Wednesday and go up to the mountain skiing. And with nobody there, it was absolutely phenomenal. It was snowing, which we need in this great state more than ever. Actually, it snowed 15 inches last night, so I know I was talking about the weather. Always probably will, because uh, I'm getting old. That's what we do. But it was an awesome ski day. I got to meet a couple of friends from the East Coast, and when I only have to deal with traffic up and back at zero, so it's an hour and forty five minute trip versus five. You brought me on a really good day. I'm in a good place today, my friend. So let's talk about some income protection. So, Mike, continuing our thread that we have done the last few episodes, and we talked generally about business products, and then last week we went a little bit deeper on disability buy sell. I thought today what we do is, is go a little bit deeper on key person DI. And Mike, I think about the days when you and I were with Provident, and I think we were the only, either one or two carriers even had it, and how you know we ran really hard with it. And then, of course, other carriers more recently have launched both domestically and certainly Lloyd's has, all, has already had it. But I just want to get your thoughts and what you've seen in the marketplace you know, the pros and the cons and how people are using this particular vehicle. Chris, it's interesting you should say because I, I was actually a provider with key person too, and I think we would both agree on one thing specifically. It was inundated with rules. Is that a fair statement? Way, way too many of them, that's for sure. And, and that's what made it hard is like when you told somebody, listen, you're going to lose your best salesperson that makes X amount of money and it's going to be 35% of your revenue. But what we'll do is we'll reimburse you for the, for the headhunter hunt and all of the, all of the things that went around it. It just made that product. It, it wasn't complicated, but for anybody that's not in the insurance world, this is what I say all the time. I'm not a life insurance expert. When someone says, you know, I want to be you out with X, Y, and Z, because you and I kind of know what it is because we did pass all the tests back in the day, but we don't pay attention to that. So imagine a layperson trying to get their arms around what you were trying to talk about. Fast forward to many years later, key person basically disappeared. I think I think there might have been one carrier that had it, which still had rules around it. Now I know of a couple carriers, and as you also alluded to just a second ago, that Lloyd's has been able to do something like that forever because they could always be created. But then I actually had the the I was fortunate enough that when I was a principal, we decided to do key person. And we worked together. Believe it or not, it was unity. It was Republicans and Democrats working conjoined and actually coming up with compromises to create a key person policy that would work. And I would say today, right now, that particular product works well. One of the things that we actually compromised on at the beginning is they said if there was more than a 10% ownership, Chris, which most people don't know this, you couldn't have, you, you couldn't get key person. Well, that takes out so many people, correct? Correct. So with underwriting, product management, and the field, we got to the point where, and this product is here today with principal, it's key person, 
Um, and that's probably where I know more about that particular product than anywhere else or any place else, excuse me. So today, when I'm talking, you'll probably be talking specifically about that product more than any other because I'm so aware of it. And I, and I think it works really well. Not because I had something to do with it, but I think collectively people thought this through and did it the right way. You can be a 50% owner. So Chris, you and I could have key person on each other, which is awesome, right? And you know, if you're a 50% owner or less, that's a great thing. And I, you know, I also, you know, the first week the product comes out, what happened, Chris? I have 10 people say, well, all my guys are 51, right? <laughs> it happens every time. Um, right. If you, if you just did a million and not 500,000, I could have sold 10 million of this. Well, I get that. But the way the product looks and works today, and I'm going to go through some very simple nuts and bolts. Remember, it's not, it, this is, again, it's not complicated. Typically what I've seen, and I'll give you the example of what I did when I worked and what I still talk about to this day, I'm doing a bunch with dentists all of a sudden because interest rates, dentists are now back buying and selling practice, Chris, because COVID will come to an end. You know what I mean? Suddenly you have a 59-year-old dentist that goes or 60. He's done really well or she's done really well since I've had enough. Uh, after this last year, I'm just done. So I talked to a guy yesterday that writes a fair amount of dentists and key person seems to be one of the number one drivers that he's that that is his appointment right now. He gets to IDI and everything else, but the, the key person and how do you do it is 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 what he's he's interested in. Because if you've got two key people in a dental practice, it, it is imperative that you replace that person or you take the load on yourself. And Chris, you know what happens if you take the load on all by yourself with two dentists in an office, right? You, you talk about burnout. Or worse. You talk yeah. about losing half clients because if right. I can't get my teeth, my kids in to get their teeth clean, I got to go somewhere else. Right. So there, there's just a lot of traction at this very moment is why we're going to have this particular conversation today. Key person works really, really simple. It's like a 90 day elimination period. I always say you can have a $500,000 lump sum. You can exceed that number, but the payouts can be different. And you can do payouts, Chris, similar to like we talked about, I think just last week on, on buy, sell, correct? You can have monthly funding, you can have lump sum, you can have a combination of both. Typically what I did with the key person and what I'm still doing to this day is most of the time I go the two times salary up to 500. And I really don't exceed 500 by a lot. You can, it just depends on the on who and the clientele you're working with. I've really never had caught a reason to go much higher than that just because of the clients I work with and have worked with. And I'll give you an example of, of a three-person law firm here in a second. But fundamentally, the product is non-CAM product. That's easy. So it's your product. It's owned. The rates don't change. A 90-day elimination period. And I'm You're the owner of the policy, Chris, and you're the beneficiary, and I'm the insured. So I get disabled, and I'm out 90 days. I can get a check to you. It's The check doesn't come to me. It comes to you. You are now the beneficiary of the policy. It comes $20,000 the first month, 20 the second, and 20 the third. So we paid out $60,000 in the next three months, correct? Yep. So we're at six months, right? Yep. And at six months, Chris, so on day 181, basically, the balance, if I'm still disabled, the balance, which almost, which has happened, I don't know if I ever actually have seen a key person paid out by me. Um, I'm sure there have been. But at 181, Chris, the balance due is 440, correct? Yep. And when the 440 comes, it comes to your office. I always say, as a bag of money, they don't really bring you a burlap bag of money. But that $440,000 comes to you, and it's done. 
it's done. There's there's no more claim. It's over. It, and it's and in that 181 days, your organization and we'll call it CC Brokerage has received five hundred thousand dollars because I'm not coming back to work. It's not tax deductible, but here's the interesting thing. Let's say that you and I decide to structure a severance package for both of us. And at our age, it's probably a good idea. And there are age requirements. And forgive me, I can't remember exactly what they are, but they're pretty fair. I think it might even be 60. But you got your 500 and you and I made an agreement that instead of going through, you and I don't have huge overhead expenses every month, right? But we have right. a little. So we could, I could take you, we could take part of the 500 and cover our office rent for the next year at, you know, two grand a month. That's 24. Um, you could give me severance of 300, 200, 100, the balance and say, Mike, this is yours. I'm paying it to you for your final payout at our organization. It's not unreasonable compensation. So I get this. You're going to have to get it. It will come to you as earnings, which you will pay taxes on. But I, Chris Carlson, now get to do what? I get to deduct the income, right? Because it was exactly. just, it was paid. So there, there are, there are ways to work the taxes. And that's just how it works. I, I just said it's nothing more, Chris, than a bag of money. I'll give you a perfect example and then chime in on, on your thoughts. But a perfect example was I had three attorneys and we talked overhead. They all bought individual on themselves, income protection. They actually understood the concept of family first, that if they didn't go be lawyers, that their family business, that's what I always call it. Everybody says, you know, people talk about family office. You hear that, right? Right. And it's like that's the uber wealthy kind of thing where we have a family office and this is how we operate our money. To me, every single family in the world, Chris, has a family office. It's called a checkbook, right? <laughs> it really is. It's called a checkbook. And so you talk to these three attorneys, and I actually did this. It was family first, and they finally understood. It didn't take long. They're very smart. It was three men. So just so everybody knows, it was just three guys. And they were all, you know, 40s with kids and families, and they were buds and doing the same thing. They finally understood actually rather quickly that it family first made sense to them that if they didn't charge hourly for clients that their family and the way their life was it would not be anymore without the family office that means the paycheck every single month going to their family to make sure the house got paid the kids got to go to school all of the above wouldn't happen so they were not a hard IDI sale and I was fortunate they were all super healthy and and, and you know like early 40s and young so that made it really easy but then when you start talking about overhead expense and a buy-sell for the three, and, you know, they were kind of like not getting it. And I understand that because I, you know, even me, who's not really great at this, sometimes does a little insurance speak and forget that I'm talking to what you and I would call on our lay people, right? Like you and I could still talk on earnings, fair? Exactly. You and I could do ASAP and all of those things. And I would know what you're talking about and you and I, and you would know what I'm talking about because we both, that never leaves you, does it? Never. Never leaves you. So all the funny words that we used in the Army, we still know. But you can't do insurance words for people that aren't in our business because it doesn't make sense. So I finally said, you know what? There's another product that's fairly new and interesting, and it's key person. And I could get up to, and they made enough. So I said, I could get up to two times salary, but for you guys, because I think they were about 300 each. I said, but I could get you 500 after six months. And I explained, just like I did on this podcast four minutes ago, how it works. And I didn't go into great detail. And I said, you guys could use the money for anything. What would you do if one of the three became disabled? And they looked at each other and said, we wouldn't probably get a third guy. 
And I said, that's why this works. You can now use that key person. You don't have to necessarily, you may change your mind, by the way, and that's fair, but you have the money now and money creates choices for you. You could buy me out, the, the disabled guy, the, the disabled attorney after six months. Uh, you could buy me out with that 500 grand. You could pay office expenses with that 500 grand. You could create a severance package. So I wanted to really send my kid to an Ivy and he or she was getting into Cornell. Uh, you could give me 300 and severance so that my kid didn't have to worry about going to college. There's just a lot of things you can do with the money because once it's in your firm, once it's in the small law firm sitting in the office on the table, it's yours to dispense with as you wish. If you wanted to do a buy-sell, you could draft an easy agreement. Chris, one thing about overhead that's interesting is what do you have to do to get the money? you got to prove the expenses. Correct. It's expense reimbursement. And they go, we wouldn't want to do that. That's just work. We, you know, That's just work every month. It's not a lot of work because I'm a huge fan of OE. Don't get me wrong. It's not a lot of work, but it's work. They said, so we, if we had 500 and we had five grand a month of expenses for this guy, our total is 15 and his is five. We could just pay that five for as long as we wanted. I said, until you run out of money, it's, it's now your money. And they chose rather quickly to get rates, get numbers, and go down that path. So uh, where they ever decided or what they decided they would do if anybody was disabled with the money, Chris, I don't have the faintest idea. I really don't know what they would do. But they really got the idea that they could do three, four, or five different things, hence where this became just the perfect product for these three people. It made sense to them. And they were easily qualified because they were 33 and a third owners. So that's where a key person, I think it has so many applications. The, the number one reason is to replace somebody. But a lot of times that might not fit the exact model that the business has, but there's still a good reason to have the key person. Because if you lose a revenue generator, they're key. Correct? Exactly. And that's how I look at it. The revenue generator is key. You may not want to replace that revenue generator, but you may want to be compensated for the loss of that person. So that's in essence, Chris, where I think key person is just where people need to go talk to small businesses more and more about anybody that has a partner or if I'm running a, my own shop, whatever it is, and I have four coders. And those four coders generate 99% of my sales because they code some program that I go sell. I need those people. In that instance, Chris, I would replace one of those coders with another coder and rather use somebody else's money than mine. So that's kind of key person. What are your thoughts? Well, Mike, that's a, that's a great example. Let me give you another use of, of key person. And you always like to say that you want to talk about planning, not a product. And so one of the producers that I was fortunate enough to work with over the years, they were very much into the concept, you know, of the salary continue, salary continuation plans, right? And so that was their entree into the business. One of the things that we all know, if you were to ask somebody, what percentage of your income do you want replaced should you become hurt or sick? Everybody wants 100%, correct? Correct. Certainly, the you know there are issue participation uh, tables that carriers have, but here's the approach that this producer did, and and he absolutely crushed it because he talked at a high level, and he basically said, "Is what we're going to do for your small, closely held business or you know your professional firm is we are going to guarantee in a, in a written agreement that should one of the key employees become hurt or sick and not be able to go back to work, we're going to guarantee their income." 
at 100% for the first 12 or 24 months, whatever they decided, right? So let's just say it's 12. And then everybody likes that. But then traditionally, people had to, well, how do you do that? I can only get, say, 65% with a DI policy. How do I close the gap? Well, what this producer did is he got that other 40% or 35% from a key person policy. And so the combination of the DI and the key person, these key executives now had 100% of compensation from day one that they became hurt or sick all the way to, in this case, we're using an example of 12 months. Now, yes, the firm was self-funding the elimination period, right? So they were saying, hey, we're still going to stroke the check. You know, if you're making $20,000 a month, those first three months are coming out of our account. But then, you know, in the fourth month, now that liability goes over to the insurance company. So obviously the key employees, I mean, they loved it because they knew they don't have to make any financial changes during that first 12 months. They were going to get a hundred percent of their compensation. And what was so good for the producer is that he was talking the strategy, right? And the plan as opposed to the policy. Because at the end of the day, Mike, do you think that the small closely held business or the executives cared the intricacies of it's a DI in a key person policy? Did they care about that? No, Chris, we know that. They just wanted the money. So, so this is just an example of another way to use the key person policy. And, and you gave an example, Mike, and this was just a different way that this producer absolutely crushed it with that 100% of compensation uh, talk. So again, one of the things that you said earlier, Mike, is that the good thing about a key person policy is you don't have to make the decision before the event occurs. And what I mean by that, you don't have to choose that I'm going to do BOE or I'm going to do buy-sell. Is what you can do if you do key person. after the, If there is an event, then you can choose how to allocate the money. Now, certainly, as you said earlier, you know, if, you, if you, in fact, buy somebody out, there's some paperwork, but you get to do what you want with that bag of money. Good business practice, at least from the insurance guy's perspective, which is what you and I are, if I can transfer a fairly large risk for pennies on the dollar, why would I not want to do that? Oh, and that goes for all business products, Chris, and all IDIP, all income protection solutions. If you can transfer a fairly substantial risk for pennies on the dollar, why would you not want to do it? I would agree. And Mike, what I like about this concept of, of the plan is you get to ask different questions that, that what I would call the amateur DI producer does, because he or she's talking about non-can, ONOC, residual, and all the page three on the homeowner policy stuff that you like to talk about as opposed to let's talk about a plan. Let's talk about a concept that fits what you want to accomplish. And then my job as the insurance professional or financial service professional is to go figure out how to do it. But let's have a discussion on what you want and don't get in the weeds on how we put that together. Chris, as we end, well put. Do not get in the weeds. You can worry about the weeds later. Ask the question, what do you want to accomplish? And then there is a product available, and key person can fit a lot of those because we just talked about it could fit in other blocks if you necessary. But all the products are available to accomplish what somebody needs to solve if we just give them the chance to talk and tell us and elaborate what, not what keeps them up at night, but what concerns you. What concerns me that, you know, my buddy is a freaking backcountry skier 
and he's my lawyer partner. And we have a lot of avalanches, as you and I talked about in Colorado just before we started this podcast. Hey, if we lose him, it's it, it's going to be strange. It would be strange. So yeah, there's there's for pennies on the dollar again. Let's figure out how to get out there, see our clients, our prospects, and figure out what they need and how to transfer that asset, which is what I call money, an asset for pennies on the dollar. Transfer that risk, move it. And Mike, as we get out of here, is if anybody has any questions, want to go a little bit deeper with the key person, don't hesitate to reach out to either Mike or myself, or certainly your broker's general agent or your agency specialist. You get some more details and, and put this arrow in your quiver because it's something that can separate you from your competition. And Chris, after a year of doing this, everybody knows we love to talk. So feel free to give me a hug. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mike, you have a good rest of your day. Chris, enjoy. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, my friend. See ya.